You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hi everyone, Lucy Dickens here and you are listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast. One aspect of innovation in law that is often overlooked is the change management piece. So not only do we need to come up with all the new ideas about the ways we want to change our business and how we can do law differently, but then when it comes to implementing those changes and rolling them out in our teams, how are we managing the change that we're bringing about? When I interviewed Sheldon from West Farmers back in episode 15, he put me in touch with Katrina Gowans and told me that she had some impressive insights into implementation of a full-scale legal function transformation strategy, and that she absolutely did. Katrina is the National Legal Transformation Lead for Origin Energy. Origin Energy are an energy company with diverse operations. They span the supply chain from large-scale gas exploration all the way through to selling electricity, gas and solar to Australian homes. Katrina's role within Origin is to help the legal team manage change. One of her projects was the implementation of a new matter management and document management system across a team of about 40 people. And in today's interview, Katrina talks to us about that project, how she handled it, what some of the challenges were, and the way that she managed the change process among her team. She also talks to me about her own career change from being a practicing lawyer to being a legal operations professional and what the skills were that she felt she needed to learn along the way, both what she did to learn those skills and what she would do differently next time around. Enjoy. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Lucy. It's um, terrific to be a part of your podcast. I'm a big fan, so thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you. It's wonderful to be talking to you. And I'm really keen to learn some more about your journey there at Origin Energy. So you were appointed as a dedicated transformation lead in July 2018. And as I understand it, your task or your main task was to deliver a change program for the team that coincided with the launch of some new technology there. Can you tell us a bit about the scope of the project? So what was the task that you were given? Sure. I'd been a lawyer at Origin Energy for about five years prior to that. And for some time, the team had we'd identified that we were in desperate need of a matter management system and also a document management system. And around July 2018, the general counsel at the time approached me to step away from the day-to-day of the legal work and lead sort of the final stages of the design and implementation of this new, what we call our legal matter management system. And I think a few things sort of were significant about that. Firstly, the fact that I got to sort of put down tools on my day job Mm-hmm. and do this as a dedicated role. It was quite, I think it's becoming more and more common now as I speak to other in-house legal teams, people are sort of seeing a need to appoint sort of a legal operations person, which is kind of my role. But at the time, sort of, you know, a year and a half ago, there weren't too many of us in sort of in-house teams. I guess I was lucky that we're a team of a size enough that it justified it. So there's mm-hmm. 25 lawyers and the origin team, but also it was kind of at a critical stage where we had invested financially a lot in 
the technology. And so the team and the general counsel saw the value in investing in a person to then manage the change of that technology. Because what I've sort of learned since is that you can throw as much money as you like at technology, but actually you should be thinking about how much money are you putting into implementing the change, managing the change through your teams to get the most out of it, to make sure that everybody's sort of embedding it, using it, loving it as much as they can. So that was kind of part of the scope of what I was brought in to do. And that's the piece I'm really interested to explore with you, because like you've identified, that part is often forgotten or perhaps undervalued, maybe a fairer look at it, that we do, we implement this technology. And because we don't then spend enough time on the training or on making sure people are using it or all those things that you've just mentioned, either the technology goes unused Or otherwise, we end up with people not using the technology in the way that we would intend it to be used, and then the business doesn't benefit in the way that we would intend it to benefit. So what kind of jobs were you responsible for with that change management piece? What was your role? Was it training? What what else was it? Yes, when we landed on sort of the legal matter management system that we were planning to implement, what my role was actually tasked was sort of go out and talk to the team. So we've got team in a few different geographic centres and actually explain to them that it wasn't about the technology, that this technology was going to give us a platform to change the way we work. And so actually what came first for our team was what we called our transformation plan for FY. 2019 and that was to change the way we work which is why sort of you know I love the title of your podcast and the things you talk about because it very much is in line with what we were trying to do as a legal team and what we believed that this new legal platform had um, gave us an opportunity to do and so part of my initial role was to explain that vision for that program why we were having the um the, the change in technology systems and then talk to my team about, you know, how does this track back to, for example, our corporate values so that we could justify what we were doing within Origin? How does this track back to the benefits that it's going to give me, the Origin lawyer, and also the benefits that it's going to give our company? And so we sort of mapped all of them out with our team to kind of get their buy-in and their understanding and answer those sort of preliminary concerns or questions. Then when we were getting ready to turn the system on, my role was very much about the communication strategy. So working out when is the right time to start talking to lawyers about what's going to happen, thinking about what they actually need to do, like when they turn on their computer for the first day with this new system, what's it going to look like? Who's going to be there to help them? Where's their go-to for sort of their guidance notes? What do they need to do with old matters, new matters, old documents, new documents? And then continually sort of maintaining that feedback loop of incidents, questions, enhancements with the group. So keeping on going back to them and talking to them about what they're seeing, what they're experiencing, what they're learning. What were some of the challenges that you faced with that rollout with the new implementation? So I think um, a couple of the key challenges were, I guess, initially pitching the training at the right level. So for a systems change, you know, it is quite strong on the the technology, but for a lot of lawyers, they just really want to know what do I need to know and nothing else. And so, you know, we had to roll out the training a few different times and we got better at that each time in sort of that messaging. And then it's sort of a learning that I've since taken away. And so now what I try and do every couple of months is kind of like a lunchbox session for the lawyers where I'll take them through some new training tips in maybe the document management system, for example. And I will have sat down and thought about, you know, what are the three things that a lawyer needs to do? And I don't think I knew that at the start when we sort of started to talk to ourselves about it. So really thinking about your user. 
I think the other big challenge that I faced was just getting the bandwidth with the team. So lawyers are incredibly busy. Their inboxes fill up at a rate of knots. So trying to get the cut through with important messages, I had to think about how to deliver those messages because I got some feedback early on that if I just keep, you know, spamming people with email instructions, they weren't going to get read. (laughs) They'd just fall down off their screen and they wouldn't be actioned. So we kind of, I I sort of had to think about using different media. So we have a national team call each week. So I tried to sort of carve out five or 10 minutes each week in the lead up to talk about a few critical pieces and then also use their line managers sort of on the ground to use sort of their local catch-ups to just flag that everybody was okay, everybody was knew what they needed to do, anybody needed help. So thinking about those different sort of means of communication to make sure that you are reaching everybody. I understand that one of the ways that you get buy-in from your teams is by making these transformation plans, as you call them, mm-hmm. part of their KPIs. So from what you've told me before last financial year, which was when you rolled all this new tech out, your team's targets related to how well they adopted the technology, whether they were using it, that kind of thing. And I understand that this year you've changed that slightly. So tell me about how you use those KPIs to really help with the change management piece. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, we have a sort of a senior leadership team within the legal team. And each year we think about what are our team objectives going to be for that year so that, you know, we make sure that we're all sort of pulling in the same direction. And we commit to those objectives by putting them um, in our corporate system and saying this is our team objective and actually for those of us that are eligible for example for a bonus the success of those hangs on those objectives so what we're saying to ourselves and we're saying to our business we're keeping ourselves accountable and we're saying this is important this is part of what we are committing to do as a team And then what we try and do then once we've got those objectives in place and my role is then to put the layering underneath that. So what does the detail of the plan look like? So for FY19 with the system, what that very much looked like was, you know, the training piece, all of the guidance notes that sort of I rolled out with the team about things that previously, I guess, had just been a word of mouth. What we tried to do was sort of bed down those processes in guidance notes so that now when we have a new starter, for example, I can send them a checklist and I can say, these are the 10 things that you need to know about being a lawyer. So how to, you know, record a timesheet, how to open a matter, how to do X, Y, and Z. And so that was sort of how I benchmarked that conduct. And then we got to the end of the financial year and I had a record about the number of guidance notes, the number of training sessions, the number of enhancements that we'd made from lawyer feedback. So really sort of down in the detail. And then we sort of stepped back and we said, well, does that look like we now have a, you know, a fully actionable matter management system? And we gave ourselves a tick because it was operational, it was running, and all of our lawyers were were in it. This year, what we've decided to do is really a phase two of that transformation plan and it's more in the document management side of things so what we have committed to do is to think about the way that we capture and share our knowledge and so using the document management system really commit to having a knowledge-based way of working so Mm. rather than lawyers learning amazing stuff like they're all incredibly intelligent keep it in their brains but then if they go on holidays or they leave our organization it leaves the organization so what we're trying to do is encourage the lawyers to have a conversation with each other and then also where possible you know document that knowledge and keep it in a central place in our document management system so my role is to sort of 
support that by building some of the infrastructure. So we have carved out time in our meeting calendar once a month where we sort of share knowledge and learnings. We've also built some nice sort of homes, I call them, or libraries in our document management system where people can tip in, you know, frequently used documents or their favourites. And I've called it our favourites and they're allowed to design it in the way that they like and really sort of pop in there whatever they like. And then we also have a more formal side of it, which is sort of around the precedents, which, you know, have a a higher standard of approval, but are nevertheless vitally important that we sort of maintain them and develop them as a team. I'm interested to explore whether this approach to this, what you're calling a knowledge-based way of working, did that come as a result of the successes you saw from what you just described as bedding down your processes for using the technology? Those things, were they connected in any way or did they, were they just two phases perhaps that you rolled out one and now you're on to phase number two? I think it was phases. I think what we needed to do was sort of have the matter management system and that document management system up and running as a matter of hygiene and really bed down the matter side of things first because that kind of gives you what I think is the building blocks of an in-house legal team. And then I think where we saw, I guess, more of the need for the lawyers and their day-to-day practice is around that knowledge-based way of working. So, you know, what's going to help them even more use this great technology that we've invested in so that they can work smarter, faster, more consistently with more confidence. Mm. I really like that you've raised this as one of the key changes that you've implemented because I see two main things. One's systems and processes and the second is knowledge management because for exactly the reasons you say, lawyers, we tend to keep the information in our heads. But when we're able to record that and save it in a way that means it can be used again either by us or by somebody else that's when we are able to then truly leverage what we know as opposed to just knowing what we know absolutely agree and I mean it's it's applicable for both in-house and private practice lawyers and it's kind of the the first step it's not automation but recognizing that there are instances where you might get asked the same thing or Um, Mm -hmm. You might get asked a version on a thing and knowing what you said the first time so that you can build on it, it really is the very foundation of that sort of workflow automation work, I think. So it's certainly something that we're strongly focused on. Also from a corporate risk perspective, it's incredibly important for us to know what we've said and so that there's horrible, horrible stories about forum shopping and, you know, people going to one lawyer and then another lawyer and then another lawyer to get different advice. And so we are very strongly committed to sort of being one legal team and we want to ensure that our advice is consistent. And so that's, you know, this this sort of helps in that aspect as well. Absolutely. I understand that as part of that, particularly I expect in relation to the precedents that you mentioned that you're working on, you're developing some tools that you're, well, you're designing the tools in-house to help with a few of the issues that your team are dealing with on a regular basis. So one of them is you spoke to me about developing a tool to eliminate pain experienced by lawyers with wonky clause references. Tell me about this. Yeah, so, I mean, another part of my role, which is quite a fun part, is really seeing what all the different legal technologies that's out there and thinking about what is going to help our team. And I guess I'm lucky because I've been a lawyer in our team, so I like to think that I can um, cut straight to it. So one that we've been looking at recently is called Latera. It's sort of a Word document add-in, and it will sort of run a a review over a contract and call out inconsistent definitions or or definitions that are used and not 
defined and not used and vice versa, clause references that are used inconsistently, formatting, paragraphs, punctuation. Some of them are more stylistic. Some of them can be quite material. And so what we're doing at the moment as a trial is we've sort of given that tool to 10 of our lawyers and said, go and use it for a few weeks and see what you think about it. And I've just sort of got results back in the last few days from that. And I think there's a lot of learning, so it's not all perfect and technology never is. Mm -hmm. But we're really, what the experience shows me is that A, it's great to be able to trial something and spend a couple of weeks rolling up your sleeve and understanding, is this really going to help you? And then get some data from your team. So I sort of did a quick survey and said, how many times did you use it? How long did it take? And then sort of take it from there in terms of a review about, well, what's the cost going to be? How many people do we want to use it? And then, you know, think about whether or not that's going to be something that's beneficial for our team in the long term. I love also that you're bringing the team on board with that journey. You're getting them to trial out the the software and you're getting their feedback rather than just imposing it on them and saying, here's something new that we're going to be doing now, along with all the other new things that we're doing. So you're really listening to what it is that they want or need. Yeah, well, I think that's fundamentally important. You know, I have sort of stepped back from being the day-to-day lawyer. So I like to think I've got um, a decent input, but they're the ones that if we go down the track of a certain technology that we're going to want them to use it. So it's absolutely fundamental that we sort of get their input early on to see if it's going to be helping them or save them time or, you know, with their their day-to-day workload. You've mentioned a few times in this interview that you were a, before you were put into this role, so you were dealing with the practice of law. I'm interested in understanding what if any, upskilling or new learning you did as you transformed into the legal operations role that you now describe your role as? What did you do to take yourself with the skills you had as a lawyer? What additional skills did you think you needed to become this legal operations professional? And where did you go to find them? (laughs) That's a very good question. Um, I would probably do it differently, I suspect, uh, if I went back and knew what I knew now. But essentially... Mm. I think, well, my starting point was what I looked like as a lawyer and a, you know, a businesswoman sort of 18 months ago. And I'm a real people person. So I love working with people. I love that sort of challenge. And I also think I build quite strong networks, both internally and externally. And also, I'm always one of those sort of change champions. Like I'm always agitating, seeing if we can put something in a document to sort of capture the process improvement so I always had that kind of mindset which isn't true of all lawyers and so then when I stepped into this role what I did was basically went out and talked to people that had either been doing it that is sort of legal ops or people that were either in sort of change management roles or transformation roles that had sort of led teams or led projects most of them were lawyers because I kind of think we talk a certain language and really just learned from them some of the key challenges that they'd face, things to think about and how to sort of go about planning the, I guess, the year. And then I really just sort of rolled up my sleeves and started to make it go. I got a lot of input along the way from my general counsel and also the senior leadership team, so the the managers in each of the centres. So they were kind of my key stakeholders as well. And I think they I benefited from talking to them both in terms of, I guess, challenging why I was doing what I was doing and the way they were doing what I was doing it to make sure that it was, um, I guess, appropriate and would resonate with the lawyers and also just Mm. being thoughtful about it too. So I did use them quite heavily as well as part of, you know, sort of in my learning and designing. 
So a big part of it then was talking to other people who were already doing what you were about to do, both within and outside law. But you said that you would do it differently next time. So what would you do differently if you had the chance again? I would love to get some proper real training. So I know that there's a couple of courses out there. Um, I've been talking to friends about the College of Law do sort of like a legal transformation 101 subject, which I think would be amazing. And also I think Mm. another thing, and I think Sheldon Remaka might have touched on this, but I'd probably tap into that clock network sooner. I got on board about, I think maybe seven or eight months into my journey. But I think if I'd sort of reached out to people in the clock and become a member sooner and sort of found out some of the resources they had, that would have certainly benefited because it's quite ironic because when I sort of started my role, I felt like I had a blank page, you know, sort of most lawyers, Mm. that's never the case. You always walk into your job and there's like already a hundred emails. There's a precedent. That's right. Yeah. Whereas all I had was probably six or seven bullet points of a job description from my general counsel. But clock has a a sort of a saying and they reminded us of this at the conference in September that never start with a blank page everybody in the room is here to share what they've done and I certainly got that feeling when I went to the clock conference in Sydney so I think that's an amazing network for people that want to sort of reach out and find out what's happening as well as you know I mean LinkedIn's got some tremendous contributors now there's podcasts like yours I've got colleagues that have started a legal ops podcast as well so I think there's just this big wave at the moment. Maybe it didn't exist as strongly as well 18 months ago when I was sort of going through my um, beginnings, but I think there is a lot out there and I just didn't tap into that fast enough. I think that just asking people for help, often we don't, you know, we feel like there's an expectation that we have all the answers, which often stops us from asking other people to share their experiences. But what I've learned and what I hope people can see from listening to this podcast is just how willing people are to share if you just ask the question. Absolutely. And I'm very mindful now. Every piece of information or learning I take out, I like to tip something back in. So sort of, you know, part of me doing this podcast is me sort of balancing that ledger in a little bit of way. But I also think for so many lawyers and legal teams, everybody's journey is a bit different. And, you know, you do have to find your own way for your own team, but there's certainly lots of learnings that you can share from other people along the way. You were obviously the obvious choice in at Origin to take on this role because you said you already had the interest in change and trying to implement changes anyway. Where would you suggest that people look for legal ops professionals if they don't necessarily have them within their business. This is a question that I'm asked quite often. Yeah, I've been asked it too. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think people need legal training or do they need management training? Or what answer do you give then when you're asked that question? Look, I've met legal ops people that are lawyers and some that are not, and it doesn't define whether they're good at their job or not. I think it's all about people that like to work with lawyers because that's very important. And then also that have got a lot of, in my role in particular, a lot of self-starters and self-motivated. So it's quite Mm -hmm. different from what many lawyers might be used to where, you know, you're always being chased for a deadline and people are chasing you for work. So in what I do, you've got to to self-start. I've got to pick what is going to be my priority for this week or this month and really focus on then all the the different tasks and the to-do. And Nobody really follows me up unless it's sort of six months later and nothing's happened. So it's very important, I think, in legal ops roles that you've got quite a clear sort of self-drive. And then I think just really a passion for change as well, I think, is increasingly Mm. important because I just think so much of what legal operations is all about 
is change in its various forms. So be it change in technology, change in the way teams work, change in the way um, teams talk to each other. So you have to have a very strong, I think, growth mindset and positivity, like um, in terms of always saying, let's, you know, we'll try this um, and we'll come back and we'll check in and we'll see how we're going and it doesn't need to be perfect. And so I feel like I do a lot of that messaging a lot of the time, which, you know, suits me and it's my personality but I think that's probably quite important as well if you're going to be someone that gets knocked down by the first thing that doesn't sort of work or doesn't come off that's probably a challenge. It's interesting there is a lot of getting people excited and getting people on board I mean obviously it's a change management role that you're talking about so of course that's part of it but it does take a certain personality to be able to push through that particularly when there's reluctance to adopt the change or to change the way that people have been working for for years of, you know, for their whole career. That's right. And I think there is a natural personality sort of enthusiasm side to it, but really you don't need to be a bubbly person. What you need to be is someone that's sort of done the due diligence, has got all the detail, has got the process, understands the products, can answer the question, has got a timeline in place, has got a mechanism if people have issues or incidents. So I think it's actually about the hard work that goes on behind the scenes that then lets you come to the conversation feeling very positive because you know you've done a lot you know it's not perfect and you know people will ask you questions that you can't answer but it's like that's fine I'll take your <laughs> question and I know I know who to ask and I'll come back to you and I'll probably learn something as well so I think it's that sort of approach that gives you the conviction to sort of go out with that message all the time. I like that. And it's interesting because that's actually one of the first things I teach junior lawyers is that it's okay to not always have the answer. You just need the confidence to be able to say that you know where you can find out the answer. And that's the distinction between what's going to give your customers confidence in you or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm always the first one to put up my hand and ask the silly question or say, I don't know. And I, I think, you know, legal training actually does empower us to do that in a way that maybe some people in the business feel like they ought to know the answer. I think, you know, a lot of the things we deal with on a day-to-day basis are difficult. And so it's really just bringing that into sort of a business operational sense, I guess. Yeah. What's your biggest piece of advice then for somebody who wants to start to do law differently, be it through change management or implementing new technology or anything else? What do you think is key? Um, A few things. I think it really is important to have a bit of a vision. I think about an overarching place where you want to get to, but ensure that that's justified, I guess, in an enterprise sense or a, a team sense so that it resonates with your team. And then I think think hard about what are the resources that you're going to dedicate to the sort of change or the transformation that you want to go to and be realistic about that. So I think teams are being more realistic about what they can just throw at their lawyers on top of their day jobs. And so thinking about, you know, if I'm asking my team to do X, then am I committed to giving, you know, letting them dedicate a day a week to do this for our team and how am I going to protect them from the inbox and the client so I think having a strategy around that is very important so for us you know it was relatively straightforward for myself because I just stepped out of the sort of advising the business and we're a big enough team that the other lawyers sort of stepped in but I understand for smaller teams or private practice it can be a challenge so you know have a think about what is the time that you're committing and how are you going to ring fence that time Mm, Yeah, that's some really good advice. Thank you for joining me and for sharing some about not only what you've been doing at Origin Energy, but also about your personal journey transforming from 
legal professional to well you're still a legal professional <laughs> from practicing lawyer to legal operations professional so it's been been wonderful to talk to you thank you Lucy it's been lovely to talk to you too thank you so much for having me on So that's all from Doing Law Differently today. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, I'd love it if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes. It makes a big difference because it really helps other people to find out about the show. And lastly, if you or someone who you know is doing law differently, then send them my way at doinglawdifferently.com.au forward slash guest. I'd love to have as much variety on the show as possible. So do send them over. See you next week. Mm -hmm.